0: Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Friday, January the 15th, 2021 on today's podcast podcast. We're going to preview the Kentucky-Auburn basketball game, which is set for tomorrow, Saturday, January 16th, 2 o'clock start down at Auburn. ESPN has the coverage. My guests are Jay Tate of AuburnSports.com. Uh, Jay gives us a scouting report on Auburn. We even talk a little football with Jay about their new football coach, but he gives us the breakdown on Sharif Cooper, Bruce Pearl, and all the Tigers going into the game on Saturday. And to get the Kentucky angle, I talked to my colleague, friend, longtime UK basketball beat writer Jerry Tipton of The Hero Leader to talk about how Kentucky Uh, How they might bounce back from that uh, pretty bad performance the other night against Alabama and that 20-point home court loss, 85-65. How can the Cats right the ship after that? So uh, before we get to Jay and Jerry, though, I want to thank everybody who supports our work at the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. And remind you, you can get a sports pass, sports-only digital subscription. It's only $30. You get all U.K. football, U.K. basketball, U.K. recruiting, high schools. You get columns. You get everything on Kentucky.com that has to do with sports, $30 for the first year, go to Kentucky.com, hit the subscription button, check out all of our subscription offers. Like I said, we appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Lakeston Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. So right now, let's get to the preview for the Kentucky-Auburn basketball game on Saturday. First guest is Jay Tate of AuburnSports.com and then Jerry Tipton of Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is my good friend Jay Tate of Auburn Rivals or auburnrivals.com or what what's the official name, Jay?
1: Let's go with it, auburnsports.com,
0: John Clay. Okay, that's if if they want if you want to get to Jay, if you want to know everything there is to know about Auburn Sports, you go to you go to what what again?
1: auburnsports.com john clay okay. i'll
0: get you to repeat it like two or three more times before we get done <laughs> kentucky plays auburn in basketball saturday uh, two o'clock uh, eastern time i believe uh they're at auburn um auburn uh rough start but now they got sharif cooper eligible and it's like a whole different ball game for auburn what, what about this auburn basketball team what should we make of this auburn basketball team
1: yeah, I think if you're looking at it from the outside, you're thinking rough start. I understand the record's not great. I think they're seven and six right now. And they're one and four, I think, in the SEC. But I think we all knew those down here who stay with the team and know what's going on all the time at Auburn um, <laughs> that this team was going to be. It was going to be rough. They have a ton of really young dudes, and they don't have anybody old. Uh, they don't have anybody old. I know Kentucky fans are used to hearing that from from their own team, but right. It was essentially a complete restart at Auburn this year, which is unusual for Auburn. And so we knew it was going to be bumpy. And then the point guard, the five-star point guard, Sharif Cooper was out until just recently. And so they were kind of having to make do with what they had lying around, which was not a point guard. So it was kind of a mess, but it was all about development at that point. It almost felt like a minor league baseball season where you just kind of going out there getting at bats and win or lose, whatever. But now they've got Sharif back, and these guys have a little bit of an age uh, to their name. They're playing a little bit better basketball, and I think the stakes are kind of increasing too.
0: So, what took so long with Sharif Peckham? What were they waiting on for him to become eligible?
1: A long story short, he comes from an interesting family situation. Uh, his dad's an agent, which is going to create issues for the NCAA anyway, right. even if it's 100% legit, which I think it was. And then his sister uh, is a WNBA player who's married to Dwight Howard. So, I mean, the family has a lot of uh resources that normal families don't and I think the NCA was just trying to get involved with that. Trying to see, you know, if, if if Sharif's driving this kind of car, what's the justification for that and all that kind of stuff. And you know, the the cynic in me thinks it's because Bruce Pearl and the NCAA have a long history together and it's not very happy. And I think it's right. that kind of thing. Always snooping around. I always wonder, like they're gonna keep Sharif Cooper out for three months or whatever. But Will Wade is still at LSU coaching, no problem. I, I don't understand it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, I can understand, especially yeah, people at Auburn. Yeah, I understand that. Okay. Now, I had not seen Cooper play until the other night. I didn't. I didn't watch the Alabama game, but I did watch against Georgia the other night. I mean, that that kid's pretty special. He's pretty good. Uh, I mean, have you all been? Did you know he was that good? Did you know he would have that kind of impact right away? Would he score twenty six against Alabama in his first game? He had twenty eight and twelve assists the other night. Uh, is this even a little better than what you expected?
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, he's the highest-rated recruit Auburn's ever signed. I mean, he's a five-star, and, and I think we all expected a lot of great things coming in. Uh, but I kept warning people as, you know, December and January started coming along and there was no Sharif, I was reminded and I kept reminding them of Scott Padgett when he came. I'm trying to think, was it 97 when Scott Paget became eligible halfway through that season?
0: So. Yeah, I think that's right.
1: And I remember you and Chuck Culpepper and a few other, Jerry probably as well, reminding me, hey, all of us, don't put the Superman cape on Scott Padgett when he walks into a season halfway through, right? Because he needs some acclimation time. Right. And I kept telling my folks the same thing. And then, sure enough, Sharif shows up, and he's just dropping all kinds. He's just, he's incredible. Um, yeah. I, I, I knew he was a great player. I'd seen him play in high school, and he was that kind of a player, McDonald's All-American type player. But for him to just come in, whatever, 15 games into the season and just ball out like he's been there the whole time, I did not expect that, no.
0: Who else on this Auburn team should Kentucky fans look for?
1: Well, I I like the joke about this, but Kentucky fans at some point are going to be very sore over Justin Powell. Now, Mm -hmm. he has been out with a concussion these last two and a half games. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be available for this one or not. I know he really wants to play. Um, He's a kid from Prospect, Oldham Mm -hmm. County, uh, liked UK, but never got even so much as a sniff from them. And Auburn went up there and got him away from Cincinnati and Louisville. And uh, he's been down here. He was the default point guard when Sharif was playing and, and did a damn good job, honestly. Uh, he's their best three-point shooter. He's a guy who's shooting, I think, 44% from three this year so far, and that was as a point guard, and he didn't want to be a point guard. So now that he's going to be a two doing what he's supposed to be doing, I think he can be a really major part of this team. We just haven't seen him play with Sharif yet because he went out with a concussion right about the time that Sharif came in. So I'd like to see them play together. And, again, Kentucky, I don't understand. I know they have a lot of good players, but it seems like a kid from Oldham County who's a sharpshooter like that who would like to play at Kentucky. Seems like maybe that'd be a guy you want to go
0: after. Especially for a team that has a hard time shooting uh, like Kentucky has this year. Uh, Auburn blocked 14 shots the other night. Is that uh, an aberration for them, or do they have guys who who are legitimate shot blockers?
1: They are legitimately long, uh, according to Ken Palm, and I don't know all these numbers, but they're one of the longest teams in the country, tallest teams in the country. They have a lot of dudes, but they don't have that you know Austin Wiley shot blocker menace you know, seven footer that just hunts around the rim looking for that stuff. I think what they're learning is just kind of help defense. They have a lot of length at all their positions except for point guard. And then those guys are kind of learning how to keep one eye on their defensive assignment and then also play back and help a little bit at the rim. In the beginning of the season, they weren't doing that at all. They were getting beat off the dribble and it was just free game in. And, you know, these kids are freshmen, and they're 18 years old, and they're learning. And I think against Georgia, Georgia loves driving downhill now because they can't shoot at all. Right. And Auburn was just anticipating that. They're getting better at that. I don't think it's going to be like that every single week. But I do expect Auburn to finish near the top in blocks in the SEC because they do have a lot of length everywhere.
0: i uh, got to ask you about Bruce. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's uh, they have a self-imposed uh, postseason ban. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, they, they were a little ahead of the curve on that one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean Miller kinda saw that and was like, hey, look at that.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. So what's I been the what what's been the reaction to that and has that affected this team any?
1: I think everybody's at peace with it. I think they understand that Chuck got ensnared in something he shouldn't have been involved with and, and Auburn has been really proactive in the way that they've dealt with this in that uh, the penalties that oklahoma state are taking all at once right now right. uh often doing one phase of that every single year so they self-impose recruiting restrictions they self-impose scholarship reductions they self-impose this postseason ban now and they also sat the two kids that were involved voluntarily for uh three quarters of a season and then a season and a quarter so they've done all the stuff that oklahoma state got hit with but they did it one year at a time one piece at a time so now they're at the end of the road so to speak and I don't think there's going to be a lot of extra sanctions on them because they've spent the last three or four years kind of self sanctioning. Yeah. It's an interesting concept.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. One uh one f- quick football question before I let you go. You got a new football coach there at Auburn. Uh what do you think so far? Uh Brian Harson? That's correct, right? Is that how you pronounce his last name? Yes. And absolutely. what uh what what's been the reaction to him so far?
1: Well, it's just kind of a mystery. I'm telling you, John Clay. Now, listen, I've been covering Auburn for 22 years. I've been down here since the day I left Kentucky in 98. And Auburn is a great place for drama. There's always some weird (laughs) stuff going down at Auburn. But this might have been the weirdest thing I've ever seen because they had a coaching search that yielded Brian Harson, but they also had like a shadow coaching search that was yielding somebody else. And it was kind of like this one group of people thought they were searching and interviewing players when really the ad was doing it all himself almost covertly
0: right.
1: so now you've got Brian Harson hired that a lot of people who are kind of what I would call the power people at Auburn were not on board with don't know who he is still don't know who he is and so Auburn's in this weird place where like the ad almost had to kind of go covert to get what he wanted in the first place right. cuz they so were like, I feel like I feel like Brian Harson's going to have the deck stacked against him right. here from the minute he walks on campus
0: Because there were, from what I read the reports, there was there was a group that wanted Kevin Steele, right, who was defensive coordinator. They were trying to push him to get the job.
1: Yeah, that's kind of how things work at Auburn. You want to (laughs) make sure you have your guy in the uh, in the king's chair, so to speak, so you have great access and all that. It's kind of how it works.
0: So he'll answer the phone. (laughs) Yeah, 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 kind of. Yeah, Uh, they
1: don't like uh, the dominion. They don't don't like coaches that have too much, you know, say of what's going on.
0: From the outside, I think Hartson's a good hire. I mean, he did a g- heck of a job at Boise State. I think he's a good hire, but we'll see. We'll I see. think
1: he's a good hire, too. I mean, he's, he has kind of this no-nonsense approach to everything, which reminds me a lot of Pat Dye. Uh-huh. And Pat Dye's a beloved figure at Auburn. So I think those two guys have some similarities there. That, right. But it, my question is, okay, the dude's from Boise, Idaho, and he's really been coaching up there the whole time, with right. save for a, a short stint at Texas. I mean, what, what's what's he going to do down here? Is he going to go toe to toe with Kirby Smart and Nick Saban and try to, and the Cajun Cookie Monster and, and try to take kids away from those three guys? I mean, I,
0: maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Okay. Back to basketball. Uh, yes. Before I let you go, what does Auburn have to do Saturday to continue Kentucky's misery?
1: I think they need to score more points in Kentucky, would be a good start. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I think they just need to stick to the plan, man, and let Sharif do what he does. Now, what I think Kentucky's going to do is they're going to lay off of Sharif a little bit because I think even though Kentucky's really quick, I still think Sharif will be able to get around them because he's made quick work of Alabama and Georgia coming off screens. So I bet you they're going to play off of him and just kind of let him juke himself um, and see if that kind of bogs down the operation because when Sharif's not banging, they're not great. Uh, and that goes before he was even on the team because they, they had some really bad lockdown situations where they just didn't have a great ball handler. Mm-hmm. So I think if you let Sharif kind of outjuke himself at a distance of, you know, 20 feet, which Georgia and Alabama did not let him do, I, I'd be curious to see how that affects the drive and dish game.
0: There, you're breaking it down. You man, you're getting right down to the technicalities. That's good. That's good. Okay, so again, tell the listeners how they can uh, find find your work and all this uh, the technical stuff you just said. More well, first of it.
1: I like to give a I like to give a shout out to my two alma maters, University of Kentucky and Transylvania University, for educating me. Uh, I had some great teachers there. I don't want to name any names, but <laughs> uh, yeah, don't do that. Uh, you can check me out if you want to know about Auburn or whatever. AuburnSports.com is the site. My Twitter handle is J.G. Tate. Yes.
0: Be sure and check out Jay on Twitter. Be sure and check out his site. They do a great job. Uh, Jay, we loved having you on for the football podcast. We appreciate you being on for the basketball podcast. And we we miss you up here in Kentucky.
1: Uh, You're very nice to say so, John. Nobody knows who I am, even you. You (laughs) don't even know what side I wrote
0: for. I know that I know it's Auburn Rivals, but I didn't know is it is it is it rivals Auburn.com? Is it Auburnrivals.com? Is it Auburn.rivals.com? Now you gotta have now you're gonna have to say it again because I'm confusing everybody with all these different URLs.
1: It's AuburnSports.com, John Clay.
0: AuburnSports.com. Check it out. Thanks, Jay. Bye. Okay, thanks again to Jay. He's great on the podcast. We love having him on. We appreciate him giving us a scouting report on Auburn and When we return, we'll be talking with Jerry Tipton of the AeroLeaderInKentucky.com about the Wildcats.
2: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
1: that is a harsh lesson in business.
2: Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a
1: bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
0: many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, my guest on the podcast now is my colleague and my friend and the longtime UK basketball writer for the election era leader and Kentucky.com, Jerry Tipton. How's it going, Jerry?
2: Good. How are you doing,
0: John? I am good. Uh, We got Kentucky-Auburn tomorrow, 2 o'clock start on ESPN. Kentucky coming off that 20-point home loss to Alabama. Let's hit on that a little bit first. What what happened, Jerry? What happened Tuesday? They were doing so well, one-three in a row, and then just just fell completely flat against Alabama. Have you figured it out?
2: No, no, I really haven't. I mean, (laughs) Cal said they reverted. And that that's certainly what it looked like, and what the numbers suggested, uh, turning the ball over and uh, missing three point shots, which was uh, why they a big reason why they lost six in a row in December, and uh, it reared its ugly head again. Yeah. and but of course it, it's always important to remember, you know the other team, Alabama's good. Right. Um, you know, twenty point loss at home is stunning, no matter how. Good. The other team is, but uh, you know, Kentucky helped them. You know, alabama good, and Kentucky helped them, so that doesn't that doesn't add
0: up well. All right, now, Jerry, you you've been there in rup Arena for these games where, where I haven't. I'm covering them from home, off the TV feed. Uh, only three thousand people there. How much do you think it's hurting them that they they're not they don't have the twenty thousand there or you know, sometimes we've seen it before where they get behind and the crowd kind of turns on them, the 20,000. Uh, sure. what, kind of, what kind of effect do you think, in a game like the other night, would, would that have been a game where the they were obviously were not playing their best? They were uh, trying to figure things out. Could the crowd have helped them the other night?
2: Oh, sure. I mean, you know, the crowd helps. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, they were trying such, you know, in the numbers that they were, you could sort of sense that, uh, you know, if Kentucky made a shot, the cheering was a little bit more and you could hear the go get it, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, and, you know, when there's uh, many, many more people doing it, I think it has more of an effect. It's kind of like a bigger megaphone and you can hear it more or louder and uh, both teams and I always wonder about the effect on the other team where maybe you get a little tight because you you can sense you could win, but then you got, if the momentum turns against you, then the crowd adds to that. And I think it can make a real difference. Um, So, and Kentucky made a run. Cal mentioned that today. I think they cut it to about 10, Uh, but Alabama, you know, they, they have older players for the most part. Right. And, the, you know they held together, and I think Kentucky was behind by double digits like the last twenty-five minutes of the game. So yeah. I mean, Alabama outplayed them and deserved to win. And it'll be interesting to see when they play again Yeah. how it
0: goes. And they play pretty soon, don't they? In a, is it next yeah. week? Or, or?
2: Uh, uh, they play on the twenty-sixth. Okay.
0: At, uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, not.
2: still, you know, as you know, it'll be a another relatively empty arena. Right.
0: So, uh, right. We'll see. right. Uh, didn't shoot the ball well. They had shot the ball better in the three-game win streak. Uh, Dante Allen had, obviously had something to do with that. They did not shoot the ball well against Alabama. Was Did you feel like they were getting good shots? They were not making them, or were they just not getting good shots?
2: You know, I didn't uh, – I was just stunned by <laughs> – how they looked against Florida
0: Hmm.
2: where everything looked pretty, you know, pretty good. Right. Shot well, didn't turn it over, blah, 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 or at least not as much. And had a lot of assists, 18 assists. And then you come around to the next game and seven assists, 19 turnovers. It was just such a stark contrast. That I was just, I'm all, there's always for me, a little element of surprise whenever Kentucky loses, no matter what. Right. Because you're just conditioned to seeing them win, right. but especially because you know the Mississippi State game could have went either way. Obviously, double overtime. Right. And one thought I had was that Dante Allen had what was it, seven threes. Right. And you only, but you need double overtime to win. Right. That said something, I think. But then the crunching of Florida, hmm. that was such a handling of Florida. Right. that i I wondered, maybe Florida's not that good. they certainly weren't in that game, right. I wasn't expecting Kentucky to lose by twenty in the next game, right. And uh, there it was,
0: right. Okay, let's talk about the the game Saturday, and let's start with uh, Sharif Cooper, Auburn's uh, point guard who just became eligible, uh, as we talked about, with uh, Jay uh, Tate on uh, the Auburn portion of this podcast. When we were talking to John Calipari today, he you brought up, Jerry, to John that he— reminded you of of tyler ulis and really before you even finished the sentence john agreed with you and he doesn't always agree with you jerry so uh wait what, what do you to
2: work on it
0: <laughs> what do you see in cooper that reminds you of Eulis?
2: well the big thing to me was how heady he was and i remember i when i think of Eulis i always think of that summer they went to the Bahamas to play before his freshman year, he had yet to play a college game and they threw outlet passes to him. And they were almost like touch passes as he redirected it down the court. Mm -hmm. And I just thought this guy hasn't even played a college game yet. And he's the headiest guy on the floor. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's kind of what I felt about watching Sharif Cooper, not to that extent, but, very heady, and he did redirect the ball up the court. And he against, I believe it was the Georgia game, the mm-hmm. most recent game. He threw a left-handed lob pass, and uh, perfectly. And his teammate dunked it. And that's his off hand. He's right-handed, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, uh, you know, that a lot of players I don't think would do that or could do that. Right. So yeah. The big thing just how smart he is, how heady he was. And uh, Bruce Pearl talks about how they built the program around him. Right. That was the whole plan. And uh, so now they're executing the plan, and he hit the ground running. He's only played two games, and I believe he's averaging 27 points a game.
0: He is. 10 assists, 10.5 so assists.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's the man, and it'll be a very interesting, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he plays and Kentucky, you know, they can make it difficult defensively. We'll see.
0: Yeah. No. No. Uh any other impressions of Auburn after watching them against Georgia?
2: Well, the other thing that jumped out at me was the shot block.
0: Right. They have 14, that, I think.
2: Yeah, I think they're number 11 in the country, something like that. Kentucky's number 1 in the country in blocks. And uh Auburn, yes, they're 11. And so, you know, I don't think things will be easy around the basket for either team. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see. Of course, I asked John Calipari today, does that mean more three-pointers or three-pointers are become more important when you're not getting your stuff around the basket uh, at the same rate that you want to? And he said, no, yeah. he, you know, he wants you know, attack
0: the shot blocker, which, okay, yeah, I get that. Right. And so, you know, we'll see how it goes, see how the fouls look. Right, right. Yeah, that's always an important thing. Of course, Auburn will be the same way as other places. There's not as many people there. That's a smaller arena, but, boy, they're they're packed in there, and they can really have an effect on the game when it's packed in there. And Kentucky hasn't always had the best luck down there at Auburn, playing Auburn, uh, but you won't have as many there. Uh, still, you know, it's a tough place to play, and I don't think people should look at Auburn and say, look at their record and say, well, they're not that good because uh, they got Cooper back. They played Alabama very tough, only lost by four points, uh, and then beat they beat Georgia very decisively the other night. So uh, another hard game, as John Calipari would say.
2: <laughs> I think it's going to be pretty wide open. Auburn likes to go up and down and uh, jumble the game if they can, and I think uh, Kentucky would be better. Uh, up and down where kind of your uh, basketball instincts can take over a little bit. So, yeah, I'm I'm you uh, I'm expecting uh, a lot of action, shall we say? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be boring.
0: Yeah, of course. Then they've only played four SEC games. If if they can get the South Carolina game rescheduled, and who knows in this COVID? I mean, it, you know, with games being postponed left and right, whether they end up playing a full eighteen game SEC schedule. But when do I mean, if you're Kentucky, when do you get to that point where you're you've got to win games if you've got any chance of getting into the NCAA tournament?
2: Well, uh, I think it's still a little early for that. And having a winning record in the league would obviously help. Right. And they're 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 in a good, you know, they're off to a good start that way, three and one. But I I just think, uh, as John Calaveri said a few weeks ago, they're not, they're not going to have a lot of ROMs, oh, I right. don't think. Yeah. And uh, so everything, you know, it's going to be a test of nerves for the players, for the coaches, for the fans.
0: <laughs> right.
2: And oh yeah. <laughs> That's just the way it's going to be. I would prefer blowouts just because it's easier to, you know, have a handle on what's the game story. Right. I don't, you know, it's not as, you know, it's more hectic when it's coming right. down to the possessions. <laughs> but I think it's going to be that way again and again.
0: Right. It <laughs> goes back to the old uh, Tony Corniger. Joke that when you're covering if you're a sports writer and you're covering a game on deadline, whoever scores first, you want them to keep scoring. I thought I think that applies more to football. That you're thinking <laughs> as uh, the old sports writer joke: Who do you root for? I root for me. I root for <laughs> that to be an yeah. easy story or to write a good story. But uh, <laughs> but at least this is an afternoon game. But uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I expect it to be a yes. tight game. I don't, as you yeah. said, I don't think it'd be romps on Kentucky side. I don't think it will be an Auburn romp. I expect it to be, to be a tight game. Um, so
2: if Auburn hits a lot of threes. That could be a real X factor. Right. And, uh, Cause they're going to take them. Right. We know that. Right. And then we'll see, uh, you know, We'll right. see how it goes. Right.
0: Uh, so, as you say, we got plenty of coverage leading up to the game. It's a 2 o'clock start on ESPN. Be sure and follow Jerry on Twitter at Jerry Tipton. Check out all of his coverage on Kentucky.com leading up to the game and after the game and also in the print edition of The Herald Leader. Thanks, Jerry, for being on the podcast.
2: My pleasure, John. Take care.
0: Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast for this UK Auburn Basketball Preview Edition. Thanks to my guests Jay Tate of AuburnSports.com and Jerry Tipton of Kentucky.com. Thanks to everybody. For listening to the podcast and who've been supporting these podcasts, you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts. I've just about got it memorized now where I don't even have to look at it. I can just read it right off there for you, all the places you can find the podcast. I appreciate everybody who gives us a rating and a review on the podcast. That helps get the word out so more people can discover these podcasts, like I said earlier, appreciate everybody who supports our work at Kentucky.com. You can find me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Send me an email, jclay at herald leader.com. Give me some feedback on the podcast or anything we do at Kentucky.com. We really appreciate that as well. Like I said, it's a two o'clock start on Saturday, Kentucky and Auburn. ESPN has the coverage. We'll have plenty of coverage leading up to the game. Uh, also, look for our live updates on the Kentucky.com site during the game. We have a dedicated Twitter feed there. Tweets from a lot of different sources that keep you up to date about what's going on in, in the game and get analysis. Tweet at me. Tweet questions at me at John Clay IV, and I'll answer them during the game or give you my thoughts as well. So be sure and check that out. Once again, thanks again for listening to the podcast, and we'll be talking to you again soon.